0: Welcome to the Aluminum Linings podcast, the podcast where we talk about anything except for our day jobs. My name is Mac, and I'm joined today by Rocky. Rocky uses he, him, pronouns. And today we're going to talk about the extraterrestrial hypothesis. So uh, Rocky, why don't you start by kind of giving us sort of an introduction for how you sort of got into this maybe and then we'll kind of segue into a very interesting article that came out this last week.
1: Yeah, right on. Well, thanks for having me on first of all. It's a, it's an absolute pleasure and well, how how did I get into this? I think just the fascination as a you know at a, at a very young age with the stars, with the you know the the hypothesis in general, just the idea that there was maybe people or beings or something out there. You know, um, staring at us from from uh, far off, right? You know, when when I was a kid and we would go camping, and my dad kind of, you know, mentioned something like that. Maybe there's people out there somewhere, and it just fascinated me that that concept. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what made me interested in in all of the the conversation that people have on on the subject of extraterrestrial intelligence.
0: Big Star Trek fan growing up, or just kind of.
1: Oh, yes. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess that's funny. I, I, to be honest, of course, I was, I was born in 1974, so I was a Star Wars fan. Oh, there you go. But I didn't, you know, to be honest, I never really crossed the two. I always, I always kept the, the concept of sci-fi very separate from the, the real study of, of the, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the real extraterrestrial hypothesis. You know, is it possible? And I, I just, I mean, of course, (laughs) you have to be awesome if, if, uh, if uh, the Wookie the Wookies would land, I mean that would be absolutely outstanding, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, I never really um, went that far in my brain. <laughs> but, yeah, fair enough, yeah. fair enough.
0: So, this on July twenty third, an article came out, which makes the timing of this podcast. Uh, fortuitous, and it is called No Longer in the Shadows, Pentagon's UFO Unit Will Make Some Findings Public. And I'll link this article in the description of the podcast for everyone listening, so you guys can grab that link and and take a read yourself. But um, maybe just kind of give us the cold notes of why this is such a... Why that
1: article matters?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, first of all, the the authors of that article are um, prolific writers in their own right. It's Leslie Keen and um, Joe Blumenthal from the New York Times. Mm-hmm. and um they they have both written about this subject before and, and and of course when you mention the word ufo's automatically and and justifiably people raise an eyebrow and mm-hmm. but there's there's a large group there are many groups of people out there myself uh, included that that look at that another way and wanted to bring a scientific eye to bear on the question is it possible that perhaps even one of these stories is is true and or not even true what is the answer to the mystery is it x y or z right mm-hmm. and um what Leslie Kane and joe blumenthal wrote about was uh, something that has only come to light in the last three years and that is an or- organization called the advanced aerospace threat identification program which was a program ran through the office of the secretary for defense intelligence and slash defense intelligence agency that program ran from for about seven years and under that name but it's had many names this has actually been going on for well really since 1947 and although the the United States government and the United States military has been very, you know, cryptic about their involvement in that, in that study and, and for very good reasons. So they didn't want egg on their face. And I'm sure there was defense and, and reasons such as, you know, sources and methods and how they gathered information. Um, Mm -hmm. and of course that created with it. Uh, the grand conspiracy, right? That, that the government is hiding aliens. And, and okay. uh, you know, so that's sort of, uh, what we were trying to dispel were any myths. And that's what Leslie Kane and Joe Blumenthal were basically pointing out was that the Pentagon's now being open about this. There is a new program, ATIP. It changed leadership in about 2012 or, or even a bit later. It is now called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. This is again off, run through the Office of the Secretary for Defense Intelligence and as far as I understand it, the Defense Intelligence Agency is still involved. And so we that article basically explains that that organization is going to start making information more public on what they may or may not know. And they're going to do that, according to um, the sources from the Pentagon, approximately every six months, they're going to release some data. So it's kind of the first time in history, really, in, in a sense, if they do what, they say they're going to do there was a program that ended in 1969 that's really famous now for all the wrong reasons and it's called project blue book and they had a number of expert, you know astronomers and scientists work on that program but it was more or less a public relations debunking organization back in in those days the, the military and government at the time said well there's no way that ufos can be real therefore they're not So we'll just put this organization out to calm the nerves of the people. Okay. And there were, yeah, there were other reasons for that that I could get into, but it it, it wasn't some grand, they weren't trying to hide aliens. They were just tired of all of these calls coming in constantly with people reporting every light in the sky as a possible alien invasion, right?
0: So do you think, you know, depending on the type of information that starts to get released as, as this, you know, task force kind of. Um, makes more things public. Do you think that's going to be useful information for us to have?
1: Yeah, I really do. I, I am. I can tell you this: that before, and I and I, I imagine everyone listening has an eyebrow raised right now, and I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, look, here's something that people need to realize about this uh, this subject matter: there is actually a phenomena that that is a mystery. It's not just misidentified airplanes or weather balloons the reason that they call this new program the uap task force they wanted to get away from the name ufo ufo means that it's probably just a an object that we haven't you know that that we built that we haven't identified yet uap that actually extends this to the word phenomena, meaning they actually don't know what that is in some cases so what what can i give as as reference for that or some sort of evidence well in in twenty um, late 2016, or sorry, 2017, the, there were some videos released online. And at, at that time, the providence of those videos was suspect, right? These were videos of, of F-18s from the U.S. Navy uh, Fighter Task Force for the uh, USS Nimitz Task Force on the west coast near off the coast of San Diego. They had a, a number of incursions with objects over a period of two weeks. That they finally got on gun camera film. They have radar data. There's a scientist named Robert Powell from the University of Texas that that collected up as much data as he could from the military. Conducted interviews with all of these different pilots and radar operators and everybody else. The, the military was fairly forthcoming, allowing people to to speak. There's a guy named uh, uh, Commander David Frager who was the commanding officer of the fighter squadron on the Nimitz at that time uh, in 2004. And these these are the most experienced people in the world and they were looking at an object that was about 40 feet long and in this thing was moving in a way that our physics currently at least in the public realm doesn't understand Mm -hmm. you're you're talking about a very large object moving um at at tens of thousands of miles per hour at, at times doing 90 degree turns and, oh, and, right. and yeah this is really incredible stuff so so we have a, a couple hypotheses there right one our data is wrong two um it's a it's an ultra secret military program which is of course sounds right you know it's of course it must be or three it's something else and of course the, the something else is often the extraterrestrial hypothesis and in this one case well actually there's a bunch of those recent cases um and then and these cases continue to happen um, in, in those cases The, the scientists involved looking at this are, are truly mystified. They're, they're looking at this saying, maybe this time we've got a a golden nugget here. Um, because when they did the, the math and, and the physics on this, assuming all of the data that they collected was correct, the problem with the physics is this, that any material science that we know of on this planet could not withstand the pressures, the heat, the, the, those tolerances that those objects were performing under. We're talking about large things moving from zero to forty nine thousand miles per hour at sea level in one second. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, so so people may find this unbelievable. Of course it sounds unbelievable because it is hard mm-hmm. to, or almost impossible to believe. And this is why they are, you know, talking about this. And and I got to say that before anybody jumps into any conspiracy here, the the Pentagon and and the officials from the Pentagon, such as the former deputy secretary for defense intelligence, Christopher Mellon, uh, the commanding officer of the former ATIP unit, uh, Luis Elizondo, these people have come forward and they've they've really started um, in a big way talking about this in the media. And yes, it's kind of entertainment as well. But they they really aren't pulling any punches. They're saying, you know, we we truly don't know. And and so. Christopher Mellon is important because as former deputy secretary, he had access to the most classified programs out there, to the truly unacknowledged programs. And what he's saying is, look, we would love to know how this works. We just don't understand it. These things have no wings, no tail, no noticeable propulsion system, and yet they can do what they do. And so Mm -hmm. they have theories and and they're trying to gather all this data. and, And obviously, they haven't shared it all yet. Some of the radar stuff they won't share because of that gives away capabilities or lack thereof. Um, I, I should mention, I, I spent 25 years in the, in the armed forces. And so I, I understand their, their paranoia somewhat. Mm-hmm. And um, also they don't want to come out and make some grandiose statement. Aliens are here when, if, and when they, you know, make such a statement, they, they, they want to be able to prove that. Right. For sure. And it seems that we have a phenomena that doesn't want to be observed. Right. <laughs> so, so now whatever someone wants to take from that, I'm not, I'm not really suggesting much. I'm just saying that it, well, maybe I am in a sense, but I mean, it's the, the phenomena is, is real. It's physical. Um, It's not imaginary. It's not fictitious to steal someone else's words. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and they take it seriously and they've spent millions and millions since 1947 looking into this. So there's something there. And I don't think the, the average prosaic explanations are going to satisfy science in the end. I actually believe, personally, this is a belief based on what I consider to be evidence, that, yeah, the extraterrestrial hypothesis in a few cases may be the correct choice, you know. Okay. And uh, that's sort of where I stand.
0: So, you know, we we definitely live in an information age where we are, you know, everyone has access to the internet to computers you know you could go on reddit and go down a million conspiracy theory rabbit holes if you like um so (laughs) what do you think the results are going to be from that from that perspective as this information gets released like do you think there are people out there sitting there that you know might be able to contribute to this or do you think it's going to get spun Mm. and twisted out of control or what do you think is going to be
1: well let's be clear this is already completely out of control in in the social media world right like there's there's more, excuse the phrase, but there's more BS on this subject than there is actual knowledge. Okay. okay. So what we're trying to do, groups of us are, we are trying to get together with scientists and ex military people and, and aerospace personnel, people that are true subject matter experts in their mm-hmm. particular fields and, and discuss what data we actually have rather than, you know, a million hypotheses, right? And, and, and I'll fully admit to your audience, I have fallen for some of those hoaxes ever so shortly. But, but yeah, there's been a couple that were very convincing and, and, you know, so you got to pull, pull back and, and really take a breath. But yeah, if you go on, on the internet, um, my God, you're going to come across thousands of, of, um, stories and claims and and how do you verify any of that? Well, it's, it's impossible. I mean, there there are some very good sites where there are, is real scientific data. And I'll mention one of those if you allow me to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: so there's a, an organization called the Scientific Coalition for Ufology. Um, it, it was started by Robert Powell, this chemist from University of Texas. And uh, Robert and I have become, I, I guess I, I can say, good friends over the last couple of years. And, and um, I didn't know any scientists, so I started looking people up and, okay. and uh, trying to reach out to folks. And eventually came across some of his Internet videos. And he's a, he's a very, very realistic scientist and, and uh, tries to really, truly stick to the data. So, yeah, he started this group, the Scientific Coalition for Ufology. It's very small. There's only about, well, less than a hundred people. It's, it's about half of them are scientists and half are ex-military officers and from mainly the United States, but a couple from Canada. And, um, there are some journalists involved in there, in that as well. And, and so the reason they keep that membership small is they just want to be very careful about, they, they want to check their hypotheses. They want to make sure these people are are truly using a scientific method, and, and that doesn't mean to say, you know, just totally dogmatic. But they really do try to stick to what would be considered the type of people that would be able to say publish a paper that could be peer reviewed properly, right?
0: Oh, okay, okay, yeah.
1: And and so they're they're really looking at at this this subject, and, and um, I I have to say that the majority of of these scientists really believe that there is something something that we you know don't understand going on here, and it's not mm-hmm. just you know weather balloons. So it is. It is really fascinating. So yeah, that's that's one organization I would I would definitely check out. And there's there's a, a journalist named Juliano uh, Marinkovic. He's originally from Croatia, but he's written for the New York Times. has his own podcast, and he's one of the most I would say data heavy journalists in, in the world on this subject. He stays away from conspiracy. He sticks to the real facts. And um, I mean, he'll he'll allow people to, you know, post their their theories. But he puts together a platform where scientifically minded people can really look into this stuff in in, in a very realistic way. So I think that that's that's the two that I would mention off the top of my head. And I, I run a private Facebook group full of these people. But it's it's And it's called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Discussion Cell. The impetus for that was when, when the Pentagon first released the name of their program. We were very interested in what they might... A group of us started this this page, and now it's grown to over 800 people, and there are journalists and scientists and and um probably a few wackadoodles but it's it's a and i'm probably one of them but it's a great place to have a discussion and there are there are authors on there and and so we we've kept it private mainly because we were trying to keep the conversation focused on on um, the scientific data and it's very difficult Mm -hmm. to do that when you open it up to the public you end up entertaining all of the conspiracy stuff that is a, a place that none of your None of your listeners should ever try to go as down the conspiracy rabbit hole because yeah. you might never you might never come out. So you yeah, know, it's, it's dangerous.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I imagine a lot of this probably initial data is like. Um, qualitative data that you're looking at, right? Mm-hmm. Like a site yeah. observation, stuff like that. So cool. is it, is the idea that now yeah. maybe in, in kind of in this age, in this era, we can start to shift towards more quantitative data or is I it love that?
1: that. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, that's precisely what we're, we're looking at. We We are looking at telemetric data we were looking at stuff from devices that are on on different military planes such as an aircraft called the e2 hawkeye this is a for lack of a better word it's a surveillance or spy plane that the u.s navy uses and it's full of all kinds of sensor uh, equipment and they're now sharing some of that with uh, certain groups and so when the people that have the the big toys like the military and the government start allowing us access to that data well yeah then then, clearly, there's something there, and that's the amazing part about this. There is something there and and what i I guess what really sparked my interest when we started seeing this data, then we were able to well, number one we were able to say, okay, the objects are real they're they're physical, this is not imaginary two, they are definitely using a propulsion system that we have not even conceived of, not in the public realm we have and it's something uh, the, the theory is something like a magnetic field propulsion system, but whoa like that's a that's a theory right and the scientists that are looking at that are baffled truly honestly baffled no one has come up with anything yet there's been a, a number of debunkers and by the way i'm i'm referencing some particular cases there was the 2004 case off the coast of san diego and then there was a, a coast uh, a case in 2000 um 15 a bunch of cases with the u.s navy uh, off the east coast of the united states and since then there have been dozens and dozens and dozens of more of these incidents so they they definitely have way more data than they've shared so far and so they, they they definitely have more video and radar stuff the video is stuff is fascinating to watch but at the same time it's generally stuff like thermal imagery and if you've never used thermal you know at altitude then it's really hard to To discern what you're looking at, anyhow. Okay. So, so I'm more interested in the the mathematics and, and what we get from from this um, these these other sources. But the, the video will always be important, or even photographs. But again, everyone's like, well, yeah, you can fake this stuff, and that's why the provenance of this is so important, and why every aspect what what was the camera type, where was that camera on that airplane, and who were the technicians that pulled the, that camera, you know, out, and where did, did it get to the tapes when they were pulled out? Did they go straight down to the the safe? in the security vault, you know, that kind of thing. And and so we gotta be able to trace this stuff right back to its its original source and, and um that's being done and very successfully. Mm-hmm. So you know and and yeah, that's where we're headed is the quantitative world. And I and I love that. I like the way you
0: put that. All right. Yeah. Very cool. So when we spoke initially you said you you used to be like a pretty uh like very skeptical of things like this. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. do you find like, does that give you a more level head and keep you from kind of wanting to sort of leap into those conspiracy theories of like in the back of your head, you kind of still have that skeptic voice oh. going, or do you find you have to kind of curb your enthusiasm sometimes? Or Well,
1: I, yeah, yeah. I look, I, I fully admit it's so easy to get, to let your emotions come in and, to become mystified and excited, and, and yeah, that's happened for sure. And so, in recent years, I've done my absolute best to rein that in, and um, to try and, and understand the scientific methodologies, and and um, and to go to people that are true experts in science and listen to them and understand their take on this, because often you know if something seems right and looks about right it doesn't mean it is right mm-hmm. <laughs> so so that's why uh the science is so important and yeah it is really difficult and and Trust me. I still love to hear the conspiracy stories. I love listening to that stuff. It's entertaining. There is nothing wrong with the entertainment. You know, there's this story about a guy that I won't mention his name. Everyone probably knows it, but that he claims he worked on these alien spaceships at Area 51 in the 1980s, and 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 there are people that absolutely believe that. It's almost almost a religion to them, right? Oh wow. And, and oh yeah and you can argue tell the cows come home about you know the holes in the story it does not matter their mind is made up so Mm -hmm. data be damned it's it's this is what i believe and that's where where i'm going to go and so that's the that's the difficult part i believe that the subject should and and really be taken seriously and be given a a true scientific eye and by the way uh, the day after we spoke um, about the article the other day, another article, mm-hmm. uh, was, came out in, um, I think it's Scientific America on the same subject. I, it's the Journal for Scientific America or one of those. And, um, a fascinating take on exactly that point is saying that science must look at this. We have a mystery. We have, and, and so why? Why do I think science should should look at this? Well, mm-hmm. number one, there's air safety issues at play here. Th- these things are coming in very, very close proximity to commercial airlines and, and to military aircraft. This is not a good thing. So if if someone wants to believe that these are all man-made, fantastic, because then you've got two amazing things on your hands. One, uh, a major lawsuit, <laughs> <right>? <laughs>
0: because
1: because these things are zo- you know zooming around in places they're not supposed to be, and two, you've discovered a, a, a secret technology that someone on earth invented and that that would be an incredible discovery right so mm-hmm. science must take a look at this and and um and i think i've lost track of the question at this point
0: <laughs> that's okay that's sure, about sure, your skepticism sure. and how that keeps you keeps you with oh level, yeah but i'll, I'll get but, back
1: to that if, if you want
0: yeah sure sure yeah
1: i'll, I'll finish there it, it is difficult to remain fully skeptical all the time and, and of course what does it mean to be a skeptic does that mean you're a militant debunker of all theories well that's no good you know that's also not scientific if if we're mm-hmm. truly open-minded then we have to be open to all the possibilities not not like every crazy wackadoodle thing that comes into your mind but i mean true Possibility. So human fallibility is clearly a possibility in many of the accounts. So so obviously that has to remain on the table. Unidentified, prosaic, mundane object must remain on the table and they will always be part of the, the issue because people see things that they can't identify. I and mean, that doesn't mean they're special. So then, of course things like the ET hypothesis Un- until that can be ruled out and I don't see how you could rule it out cuz that should be on the table too so that's the way I look at this skeptically I I don't think it's fair for people to just hear the subject roll their eyes and walk away I think that that would be a mistake there there is something very fascinating going on there and um whether it be uh, advanced physics uh, psychological phenomena whether it be aliens whatever you want there is some mystery and, and I think that it's it's incumbent upon us to to um you know, understand our world and, and find the answers to these things. that's basically where where I'm at. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, the scientific community has a long history of stigmatizing certain things. Sure. Not wanting to give it, you know, the time of day until all of a sudden like that's the last thing left. Right. You look at even gravity when it was introduced, the idea that the earth circled around the sun, those were all things that the scientific minds at the time had a hard time, you know, dealing with. So I think this has definitely been something that for a long time has been like, Oh yeah, okay, some country bumpkin in the backwoods somewhere is talking about seeing an alien, sure. but we don't need to take that seriously. So right. I think it definitely will be interesting to see, you know, what comes out of this, particularly in the age of the internet where that data can either be taken and, you know, given to a bunch of people for different interpretations or spun wildly out of control, either sure. or it's going to be fun to see, I think.
1: Oh, it is going to be entertaining. I'll tell you that regardless. Mm. And And here's the thing, regardless of the reality of this, it's fun right? mm-hmm. because yeah, there's, absolutely. There's, there's and I wouldn't be doing it, if, it if, if that wasn't the case. I've I've tried to walk away from it a couple of times right? because it can it can be extremely frustrating when when you're constantly running into that conspiracy wall. Right. And, and so some of my closest friends are, are part of that. They they really believe the, those conspiracies. And so we try to keep each other honest, I guess. And, and mm-hmm. um, but it's it is fun. And uh, but I do I do have a warning for people. That is that be very careful diving into this if if you're going to, because the amount, like I said, of misinformation, um, just lies and BS is, you can really waste your time, right? And so that's why I think it's. It's super important if people are going to start looking into this, do kind of what you said, stick to the quantitative data. I mean, the stories are fun and, and maybe mm-hmm. they're they're important as well. I mean, sure. Surely if they're true, they're important. But if, if we're going to solve a mystery, you know, I'm, I'm a fire investigator if we're, and, and you've got to look at the data and let that data speak and what what's been happening on all sides over the past 73 years of this is mm-hmm. people have been coming to it with a preconceived notion and one way or the other either it's real it's not real it's this it's that how can any one of us say that with so little data and so to the militant skeptics i i say you know loosen up a bit and and to the to the people who believe that every light in the sky is an alien i say calm down <laughs> 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 you know so Um, And and yeah, I I am not ashamed to to say publicly that I I do feel that some of these instances, if the data is accurate, um, then we do have something very, very special happening. you know i, I don't mean they're coming to save us. <laughs> I don't mean special like that it's It's so funny in this field. you've got to be so careful and choosy about your words, right? Um because you know you say something like uh, something special and now now people see it as a spiritual thing, and like, oh God, it's not what I meant. But, <laughs> so you can see how frustrating this can be, right? So yeah. it's a really fascinating topic, even even for that reason alone. Just Just um, how people come up with stories and, and create folklore and, and, and some of the most intricate, piece together conspiracy cover up style stories. You wouldn't believe the detail that's gone into these things. And and most of them, there's absolutely not a chance they're true, right? But, boy, would they make a great B-rate movie, right? Like yeah. Really, you know? And then, again, you know, every now and then uh, something comes out, and you're like, oh, that actually was true, you know, about some secret program or something. So it is, mm-hmm. it is a really... Full spectrum subject. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fun.
0: Well, I think that's a great place to leave off today. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for taking time out of your day to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. This was amazing. It was fascinating. Yeah,
1: thank you uh, so much. I really appreciate it.
0: I will link everything we talked about today in the episode. So, if you want articles and things like that, that will all be there. As always, you can find all my content on aluminumlinings.com. You know, I have a blog. I do some writing. I published a book in January that you can still get. So, maybe awesome. go over there and do that if you like genetically mutated ducks anyway uh good luck have fun and don't talk to strangers unless you want to make new friends bye